Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Broken Cast. Welcome. It's episode 10, and today we have GGJ of the Fate Organization here with us to talk about eSports. So, hello to you. How are you today? I'm doing fine, thank you. Thank you for having me. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Oh, you're very welcome. We're excited to have you on the show to talk about all sorts of eSports things. Mm-hmm. So let's go ahead and just start with a quick overview of Fate uh, What's going on with you guys right now? Right now, Fate Media, the actual organization, is known for its competitive teams. We take talented individuals and bring that. Who basically, we look for individuals who want to go that step further, you know, and want to be a part of something bigger. And uh, you know, they're bringing in results, and we see that, and then we say, right, okay, hey, look, this is what we've got. This is what we're going to do for you. You interested? Come on board, and. It started off um, really small, just me and my friend doing it. And then we ended up at one point having nine CSGO teams to the point where we could actually start our own league. And uh, we stretched out further. And then we, uh, season one, we had a smite team, uh, top eight in uh, season one challenges. And then season two, ninth. uh, Then we've moved over to a game called Paladins which is currently where my interests lie um, with Hyrus Studios. It's the, um, it's the gaming organization that uh, my organization has been involved with right back from early days of Tribes Ascend. So that's basically what uh, Fate uh, Media does. Our main team is Fate Esports. And uh, at current, we have a Rocket League team, a Paladins team, and a CSGO team. CSGO team is currently in lands uh, over uh, the retro land over in the Denmark. Um, Paladins, we are top three in Europe at the moment. Um, picking up third place yesterday in the EU high-res tournament. It's really good. That is a lot going on. So you started off with Counter-Strike. Uh, no, sorry. We started off with Tribes Ascend. With Tribes Ascend. Many wow. years ago. So you started off with Tribes Ascend, and you had competitive teams for that. I didn't even know there were competitive leagues for Tribes Ascend. Yeah, there was, but obviously the di- the game itself died on, died down a little bit, and then um, Smite came out, and obviously Smite's now one of the biggest esports in the world, and uh, yeah, it's a pleasure being a part of that. It really is. So do you have a heap of trophies from all of those things? Uh, not as such. Wish I did, but uh, Paladins right now uh, is looking pretty good for us. I mean, top two, top two from EU go to the hundred thousand dollar tournament um, in uh, Georgia, Atlanta, in America. Uh, we're edging our way up there. From we've had three quarterfinals, uh, one semifinal, and now third place. So we've improved constantly. And, uh, you know, that's what we're looking for. Rocket League, uh, we're constantly in the MLG circuit and stuff like that. Um, we've won a bit of money. We've won uh, some tournaments, online tournaments and stuff like that. But um, the one we're looking to win is the Retroland out in Denmark. We've got, a, we've got about a 90% chance of winning that. And, we're, you know, there's some great teams going, but our boys have been hard at it, scrimming practices nonstop and they took swedish champions torpedo 15 15 in a little show match that we did it was not streamed or anything but um that was yeah they they're they're above and beyond what we thought we could compete with and uh yeah that's very exciting it is 
Let's maybe talk a little bit about <clears throat> what you provide to teams. I know you're you're a sponsor, but you're mm-hmm. also more than just a simple uh, sponsor to the teams, right? I've got managers in the organization now that do that for me. But back in the day when it first started, um, basically what would happen is I would say, right, I'll supply you guys with communications like comms, Teams Freak, uh, TeamSpeak, and so forth, and uh, go out and help you get scrims and you know give you a skip. We gave the teams focus teams would come to us saying right this is what we need can you help us and i'd say yes or no and depending on the circumstances and um what we offer is stability we offer communications uh we offer uh, a sponsorship we pay for them now that um we earn money and whatnot we pay for their entry fees into tournaments we uh, and what we do is we offer a contract so uh, teams that go to lands for us, for instance, face eat sports, CSGO, will do a 90%, 10% revenue split. So whatever they win, right, they get 90% off and I take 10%. And that 10% will basically cover me for my uh, my fee, my entry fee, what I've paid for them to go in. So you're, you're basically, a, you are basically the team's owner, and in in the sense that you provide the sort of framework for the team, the organization for the team, and then in return you take a small a small portion off the top yeah. to to maintain your expenses. Exactly. You're not getting rich, but you're trying to pay your expenses. We pay our expenses, and we make a little on the side. And what we do with the money that we make is we we give it to the community. Um, we work a lot. Of, uh, uh, with a lot of um, charities, uh, basically cancer research and stuff like that. We try to help out and do fundraisers and stuff like that. Um, but the money we do, uh, if we've got money left over, what we do do is, a lot of do's there, <laughs> is basically put on tournaments where the community can compete and uh, obviously, you know, win some prize money. So, it's, you know. Bring in new blood to the organization exactly. as well. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Yes, um, very cool. What what else we offer is um, communication with um, sponsors. Uh, we're in contact with No Scope and uh, some other sponsors that we've got lined up. And basically, we get the team sponsored by peripheral companies. Uh, I've worked alongside Razor. I've worked alongside uh, Steel Series, and I've also worked alongside uh, Bloody Tech. Uh, Bloody Tech is out in China and is a massive peripherals company. Uh, has the fastest response time gaming peripherals on the planet one ms wow that's that's awesome incredible it really is very cool so yeah i mean that's you you provide a a conduit to uh to a lot of people so i know you told me earlier that you're currently dealing with just about 40 people uh, which is just a a bit of a staggering number to me so (laughs) how do you keep all of that straight i mean i presume that most of them are probably in europe where you're located but you also have an mlg circuit team and mlg is u.s based so MLG Circle is uh, uh, that's our Rocket League basically, and they participate. We haven't been putting out the results, and some weeks we can't go, and some weeks we can. But because it's all online, it makes it really easy. And what it happens is because the games are best of free. One game will probably be played on NA. Uh, one game will be played on EU, depending if whoever wins. And then it's a flip coin toss for whatever region wants to host the third game if it goes that far. And which is really good way of. Uh, uh, looking at things and of course we've got the esl which provides a platform as well which is really easy for us because it's based in the U- um in the eu so you know it, it's there's a lot of things that are there but aren't there if you know what i mean um it's really hard to put into words 
Uh, the ESL is that's your Counter Strike team, right? ESL is Counter Strike. Yes, we go into the ESL. So Counter Strike is is big money right now. Um, oh, all the all the biggest streamers on YouTube are, are Counter Strikers. Most of them are Counter Strikers, and um, although it's not supported like League of Legends is with by Riot specifically, or like uh, maybe you know Dota is by Valve specifically, it certainly is a big, huge money, uh, big, huge money area uh, of of esports right now so what do you think about uh, how much money has come into the counter-strike scene versus how it was maybe say five years ago when there really wasn't very much money involved <laughs> in it at all and maybe you just got to go to you know right. dream hack um, and play dream hack so i remember the source days i didn't play much i just like to watch back then um seeing people winning 1.5 thousand and that used to be our prize pool right 1,500 uh, euros, or, or will it be euros now, would be our prize pool. And then um, seeing where the minimum amount, if you want to be known or have some sort of advertisement or get some sort of intake into the esports scene, unless you're running a $100,000 tournament, $150,000 tournament, nobody's going to care because that is class actually is nowadays is a small tournament. So there's definitely a lot more money in in yeah. the in the esports it's now. It's a staggering amount now. I mean, uh, for instance, I know this isn't CS:GO like you asked, but um, if you look at Dota two, millions a year, and if you look at League of Legends, at the same Smite is first ever tournament, World Championship tournament, eight million dollars the third largest prize pool in the history of esports so you actually you explained to me how that breaks down uh when we were talking earlier can you explain that because i think a lot of people don't really understand that that doesn't mean that the winning team just gets eight million dollars so let's let's make it a simple amount let's go ahead and make it a million dollars so let's say Mm -hmm. 32 teams in a one million dollar tournament and explain to us how that would break down money wise right so for instance each team that has qualified for a major tournament is likely to have sponsors like Steel Series, uh, Razer, um, Hans, Samsung, whatever it is, right? And of course, they'll be in a part of an organization. For instance, uh, Fnatic, TSM, and stuff like that. So again, those big t- uh, organizations have that sort of money to spend, so they can ship their players all over the world and participate in some of the biggest and largest uh, tournaments on the planet. And uh, in the CSGO scene, it's classed as a major, right? And of course, as we know, there's just stupid amounts of money. So $1 million would be 500000 for the winner, and it'd be uh, targeted down all the way down to, say, 16th place. Uh, don't ask me to do the maths on it, but <laughs> um, it'd be split, right? And then from that 500000 for the winning team, the organization would take a chunk. Uh, any uh, sponsors that are involved, uh, if they've agreed with the players, take a percentage of revenue or something like that. That also has happened. Uh, nowadays, it doesn't happen as much, but it does still happen. Um, and then, of course, there's legal fees and all that sort of stuff. Your visas and all that sort of stuff has to be played by the organization. So the organization that has sent you there, for instance, just use their name, Fnatic, um, will take a chunk from it. And that will be a contract that's been put out between fanatic the organization and the player so there is a lot involved with it uh, a lot more than what i could possibly explain i mean i don't know the ins and outs of it uh to the extent of where fanatic tsm those big names um but 
for fate's point of view um i would take my little 10 percent. 90 percent would go to the players and as far as i'm concerned that's that's our sorted um it, i keep things very simple and i keep it very honest because i've or i've seen people come into esports there's a there is a nastier side to esports than there is i mean it's all glam and all lights and cameras and flashing and the fashion and all that stuff that's great and you get these amazing matches and the casters make it sound all, all hyped up and it's incredible and the atmosphere is electrifying it truly is but there has been instances of max Fitch. we have all the same sort of um incidents as any major sport, sport would yeah as I mean... any major sport does and right now we have an incident in the starcraft 2 scene where life i do believe please forgive me if i've got that wrong life from what i can understand uh, is it being accused of match fixing? And life is class is one of the biggest. That is match. correct. It was indeed life, uh, and he big. has been arrested by the Korean right. authorities. Yeah. Um, basically, yeah, he's uh, he's being accused of match fixing. I mean, that's to be expected. Anytime you're dealing with multiple millions <laughs> of dollars. Um, the other thing that I suppose there's probably some there's probably some machinimas out there in the esports world. I bet you there's some teams that are a bit exploitative of their uh, team members and. Mm-hmm. You are not that. Um, we've talked a little bit on the side about how you uh, you be- you pay for everything here out of your pocket, basically. Uh, you are. I I I am very much a community person. Um, I think everybody in the Paladins community can vouch me on that. I mean, I don't need to blow my own whistle or any like crap. I'm not like that. I believe in being very simple. If you start an organization to make money, you need to spend money, and I've always been that way inclined. I've been an analyst. I've been a caster for God knows how many years now. I've had several organizations along the run. And basically, well, no, actually, I, I tell a lie, sorry. It's been one organization, but with name changes. It used to be LVNT, then GG Nations, and now into Fate Media. And obviously, Fate Media is young. We've been a year and a half now, or just under a year and a half, sorry. And we've had some great results. And like I said, my teams are now going to lands, um, pulling out some great results and making great connections within uh, the esports communities all around the world. And it, it truly is a pleasure to be a part of that. It's history, and I, I love that sort of thing. But, so now now let's ask the question. Okay. You manage 40-plus people. You, mm-hmm. you manage them mostly out of pockets. You arrange for their visas. You arrange for their travel. How do you do it? Right. So some, right, the tax end is all dealt with by the organization the organizer the organizer of the event visas we contact uh you know the regular authorities or all the organization they help us like at the start i was a complete noob see what i did that noob <laughs> uh of like completely not knowing what i was doing so i i literally i googled I what do what i need to do there. literally <laughs> i know i can help it i had to do it um i googled literally i just googled what i needed to do and i followed the steps and started literally as and if everything's on Google, everybody on the planet should know this. Google knows everything. Um, and uh, turns out I made a massive mistake. Um, <laughs> I sent a team to an event without, like, getting all the back-end stuff done. And they, and they came in third, and they got a load of money, and we was all happy, and it was all great. And then we realized, oh, wait, we've got to pay taxes on that. We've got to do this. And then afterwards... I'm thinking, I think I made, I think it was like $400 out of it. And I was like, wait, what? Where's my 10% gone? <laughs> and I was like, oh no. And it was, and I did, I made a pretty much hash of it. But you learn from your mistakes. 
So uh, you hit the ground. You hit the ground running, and you survived. That's impressive. I'm, I'm not gonna. I will not tell a lie. That's fairly impressive uh, that you managed that. Hmm. And um, I, uh, I basically I go to work just like everybody else, but I put a, a portion of my wages aside to pay for the communications like Teamspeak free, uh, the CS:GO servers, and of course I've now just hired a new manager to come on and deal with the CS:GO scene. So that obviously it allows me to concentrate more on the high risk aspect because that's where my that that is where my focus has always been and it always has been. Um, Tribes Ascend, Global Agenda, now then Smite and now Paladins. It's always been high res, and uh, that's where my love lies with esports scene, and that's where I'm going to stay. I'm I'm very loyal when it comes to i find something that i like and i i find content creators and developers that i seem to grow attached to because they build something and they're funny they're they're energetic they have that passion that the desire to bring out something that they know they're going to enjoy playing but also the players are going to love and yes mistakes are made and people go oh i don't want to play this game now and rage quit and all that rubbish but I I'm very I, I find it and I'm, I'm like yeah okay I like this okay I don't like this and you know and that's where we go from it and you know I I, I think the majority of my passion for esports comes from high res games I have to admit it used to be StarCraft two and then when I found high res it was everything shifted well I started way back what 13, 14 years ago now um, yeah if it was War. if it was tribes. We're yeah. talking about StarCraft Brood War, are talking about Tribes Ascend? No, but I started way back in the beginning of, I mean, what was it called? It was the Global Summit or something. Um, way back, that, that that's talking some years ago. The, G- that, the, that, the GSL, the StarCraft <laughs> League? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that, that's that, quite old. Still, <laughs> but, you know, um, my passion is high-res games, and that's where it'll stay. And, of course, Paladins is looking. I mean, the first thing they did, they said, right, this is our new game. What do you think? Oh, by the way, we're throwing a hundred thousand dollar launch tournament. Want to be? Yeah, a I mean, definitely Boom. saw that. Uh, that was a big tournament coming out and everything. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. they they brought out the big guns. So, um, just to talk a little bit here, we talked on the side a little bit, and uh, one of the things you mentioned is that your Paladins team was hoping to go to Atlanta this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that uh, you were paying for the full travel for seven people. Um, we don't know yet. You see, uh, high-res have kept that pretty close to their heart. They haven't leaked anything. Um, usually what high-res do is pay for the travel and accommodation, but we don't know what's happening yet. So I can't actually answer that question, I'm afraid. I don't know what's happening. Ooh, big secret. Okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll move on. Um, your organization <laughs> has uh, a pretty close ties in with uh, Paladin, with Paladins uh, and the investment in the high-res world uh, mm-hmm. with both Smite and Paladins. Uh, Smite, I don't think we have anything new coming down the pipe for anytime soon. Um, can't tell us anything exciting about Smite. It's Smite. But um, maybe you can tell us something about Paladins. Uh, for our viewers that don't know, Paladins is a game that basically is a first-person shooter MOBA. If you've ever played Smite, kind arena of... Arena FPS MOBA. Arena FPS MOBA. Kind of think of Smite without creeps. Yeah, basically. Um, it's definitely... Uh, it's in a... It's in a, it's infancy. It's It's got some identity issues. It's mm-hmm. having a renaissance, hopefully, <laughs> soon. Um, it's it's working. It, you know, it's it's doing its best. Uh mm-hmm. It's it's an interesting uh, you know I play the beta myself quite a bit I actually haven't been a chance to play on the most the latest patch yet uh, I'll probably do that today uh, but um, it's still 
we're still out there. It's still out there, and it's it's interesting and exciting and kind of new Wild Westy. Can you tell us anything? Because I know you work very closely with Hi-Rez on that game in particular. Can you tell us anything that public doesn't generally know about Paladins? Okay. Uh, Paladins, like you said, is brand new. And I think Hi-Rez themselves are still looking for a direction to take the game. So, of course, in closed beta... They can throw out anything they feel they need to and test it. Of course, the community isn't going to like it. Myself included, I'm like, right? You gotta, you gotta tell that to the community. They freak out every time they patch. Yeah, and it's like half of them like it and the half don't. I mean, but at its core, it's going to be an esport. Okay, that so high res build games for fun they do honestly they really do and i've met a lot of the high-risk people and i'm in contact with a lot of them they enjoy their jobs so much and you should give them credit they will build a game that is right they did with smite and you look at it now and it's one of the biggest games in the world for esports and then you look at paladins and it yes we've had our hiccups but it is going to become an esport why else would you throw a hundred thousand dollar launch tournament? That sort of money is saying, right, at our core, we are an esports company. Guess what? Here's another one. And uh but as for new stuff, your original question, um there is some data mining been done. Now a lot of people don't know it and I haven't seen it. There's a YouTube channel that I'm not I I don't know the YouTube channel's name. I'm I do apologize for that. Um but what I can tell you is that there is a new Glacier Ice map coming. That looks fantastic. And people that know me know that I love cold weather maps, ice maps, whether it's in Call of Duty or a MOBA or anything. I love ice snow maps. It just boggles me how well they in, they just evolve the map. And it's like you look at it and then you think, wow. And from the pictures that I've been shown, it looks fantastic. Um, can he? Can, oh my god, I can't turn out. See, this is the worst thing. I, I said this was happening. I'm never going to get her name right. Kinesi. No, that's not a name. Is that a name? I think it's a name. I'm not it's sure a, who you're talking about. There's yeah. a new champion coming out for Paladins. Can oh, I, I just barely caught up with the tree guy, Grover. So. <laughs> Grover got released yesterday. Um, but the data mining has shown that there's a sniper. Another range carry uh, champion coming out. Um, I can't pronounce a name. Begins with K. We'll leave it at that because you know what I'm like with butchering names. I do it every week. So are they trying to attract the uh, the sniper bros, the COD crowd? Yeah. You see what I mean? And then it goes back to your identity crisis, um, what you said earlier. Well, I mean, I mean we, we could do a whole separate podcast just on Paladins. <laughs> yeah, maybe right. we will. I'd love to do one or come on your podcast and talk about Paladins. Yeah. Um, but the, the, the genesis of that game is that right now it, it has a bit of an identity problem and it's a game in beta. And so it's fully entitled to identity problems. Mm-hmm. It's allowed to, it's allowed to shift and it's allowed to change and the core mechanics are allowed to change. And exactly. that's fine because it's a game that's in beta. And even if the community is having a, <laughs> uh, a small revolution, nope. Yeah, meltdown. <laughs> or meltdown. You can say, yeah, you can sure. say it, meltdown. Every, um, even if the community has a small meltdown, every time there's a, even a minor change, um, then you know it's important for the community to realize that uh, there is a lot of wiggle room because it is a beta. Yeah. Um, what I like to call paladins, paladins is 
the baby hybrid. What I mean by this is we've got FPS, we've got MOBA, we've got arena style, we've got survival, we've got payload. So to say we're one genre or even three genres or even four genres is a mistake. We've got everything from everything involved in one game mode. And that is capturing the siege. And that is going to be obviously is the competitive scene mode. And there's everything. And yeah, that's that's good. I, I mean I'm, I'm curious to see where they're gonna take it next. I, I really am. The beacon thing has thrown so many teams off that it's unreal. Personally, I, I I genuinely think the game is going to evolve and, and give it its own time. Uh, it, it'll it'll find its identity. All right, let's move on a little bit from Paladins. Okay. This isn't a Paladins <laughs> podcast. Maybe that's a number, a different podcast. So let's talk a little bit about um, how you got your first interest in gaming. Um, have you always? I mean, you said you you, you know you were watching ESL wow. or uh, watching GSL back in the day, Star, uh, StarCraft, like way back in the day. But let's talk a little bit about you know. I always like to ask the question: What is your you know your genesis of gaming? What made you want to be a video gamer? Like maybe honestly, you were... um, we had two computers connected when land when you could first connect two computers. That's how long ago it was. You could connect two computers by wire together, all right? And I, my dad had a computer in the hallway downstairs, and I had a little IBM or, or Packard Bell back then up in my room. And they weren't expensive ones. They were really old. They were like 120 kilobyte memory or whatever it was back then. And, uh, yeah, we played Worms 2 together competitively. Wow! Right? So we're talking, oh, what? Four, nearly 20 years ago. And I'm, I mean, I must have been. That was 1997 for our audience. Yeah, that is, yeah. for most of our audience, it probably wasn't even born. Um, <laughs> Worms 2 came out in 1997. Uh, so that was a, it was a Windows wow. game. So I have you beat. 20, it was a Windows 20 game. years ago next year. Yeah, it's 20 years ago oh, next year. Oh, wow. So that's how long, nearly 20 years I've been involved in competitive gaming. Wow, that's that's impressive. I, I will tell you that uh, I'm going to trump you here, one-up you, just because I can. Oh, yeah. Okay. My first ever game was a DOS-based game called Raptor 90. Oh, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. I thought you meant competitive game. My first ever game? Yeah. I was on a ZX Spectrum. I used to code my own games. And then before that, I had a BBC Macro. Okay, you you, you win. Um, <laughs> I'm, I will, I'm, a little, I'm probably a little bit older than you. Uh, I will say that it's interesting because um, in the UK, uh, for those of our mm. uh, listeners who may not know this, the UK never caught the council bug. So while, while people in the United States in the yeah, they, late yeah. 80s and early 90s were playing on their NESs and somewhat on and some uh, towards the late 90s on their Sega Genesis. Uh-huh. People in the UK were playing ZX Spectrums and other personal PCs. Amigas and stuff, I do believe, as well. The Amigas and ZX yeah. Spectrums. And it just never, the console never caught on in the UK. We were, I think the Europe as a whole was like five years behind the States and China and Japan in consoles. We knew about them and we had them, but we, like, we didn't have a scene like NA did. NA had a, ma- over in America, there was so much hype. Uh, 
and back then, in fact, when we were playing ZX Spectrum, so it was all about the birth of the arcade machines and that back in them days. Right. And, um, and there's been a lot. Awesome. And there's been a lot of literature written about already about like why that is. And, and one of the biggest reasons is the UK has very high import tax. And so yeah. uh, the J- Nintendo of Japan, NOJ, simply re- refused to uh, import to the UK for a very long time because of the, the high price of the import tax. Seven there. years. Yeah. So, I mean, it just... It didn't catch on. So for our viewers that were like WTF fucking ZX Spectrum, it's a it's a personal <laughs> PC uh, yeah. from the the earlier days. And uh, there was a time when you before before the consoles, um, when you if you were playing a game, you were playing it on a personal uh, computer. And uh, back then, you would uh, ZX was a tape based system, correct? Yeah, it was tape based, and it had to load in, and it took nearly three minutes to load a game. Holy shit. All right, so yeah, you, you, you've trumped me because that would have been the uh, late 80s. I I thought, only... Honestly, when you first asked me, I thought you said competitive gaming. That's why I said Worms 2 back in the day. That's like my first ever competitive game. Yeah, I um, know. I just meant your, your first interest in gaming, your, your gaming bug. Huh? I was yeah. like seven years old back then. And, you know, I do believe my grandfather sitting in his old chair, smoking his pipe, turns around and said, yeah, oh boy, try this. And he gave me this little book. And it was all about the spe- uh, spectrum and it's programming uh, like print screen, a print fees, hello, a print fees, and then you press enter and then it come off the screen saying hello. <laughs> and I was, that's what that was when I first learned to code actually as well at that age. And uh, my granddad was right. Computers have now taken over the world. You, you know, he said they are going to be the thing. He was indeed right. Oh, yeah. that's, and, uh, you know, good, good for him for putting you uh, for putting you in the, into that. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I wish my parents had done that or my grandparents. Um, very good. So uh, I think that's, that's going to about do it for my questions. Uh, if you've got anything else you would uh, like to tell us about the fate organization itself uh, and how you guys, what you guys are doing, how you're doing. Uh, if you don't, then go ahead. Just tell us where everybody can find you. That's uh, fine. Um, okay. So you can find us over on Facebook, which we have uh, fate media uh, net. As I load it up for you, I'll get you the link. <laughs> so it's basically just Fate Media over on um, Facebook. And of course, you can check us out on YouTube at Fate Media Net. We do have a, a Twitter account, but that's in the process of being built. And of course, a website as well. Um, uh, I do have a question, however, for Broken Joysticks. Mm, Broken Joysticks hopefully has an answer. Okay, then. So you cover a very large console PC based games. Why don't you have esports on your uh, <clears throat> on your uh, website, huh? Because I don't have an esports writer. Uh, I I know. Uh, I will be honest with you. I know jack and shit about esports. Uh, you've educated me more about esports in the last uh, thirty minutes than I've <laughs> wanted to know for my entire life. Um, and that's not that's not because I don't like esports. It's just because it does. It's not where my interest lies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't have the time. You know, we, 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 of our resources that we have, uh, unfortunately, we don't have one that's dedicated to esports. I, I've been seeking an esports writer. Uh, I just haven't been able to find one. So if you know anybody who wants to write about esports, put me in touch with them. That, if you're out there listening right now, listen, yeah. and you want to write about esports, get in touch with me because I'm absolutely happy to find someone who could just write about esports. I mean, esports is a huge world. Uh, there are each week, I remember when I was following the StarCraft II competitive scene. Uh, when I was in college and I, I didn't have a full-time job and uh, it, every weekend it was an every weekend job. I mean, it was every, every day there was tournaments and uh, both when team liquid was still a big deal uh, going on to team liquid and 
what, using their calendar to find out when the tournaments were and oh, watch, watch and stream when the I was, That was when I was LBNT. My, my, uh, my um, events were up on the t- Team Liquid calendar. I used to do a lot of community tournaments and like $50 or £50 pounds rather um, to the winner and split. And it, it was so much fun. I miss them days. So much. Yeah, I mean, I used to, I just used to watch. I wasn't involved at all, but I used to watch them. And that's something that requires so much, um, so much work and so much dedication and time. Uh, so if you're out there listening and you want to write about esports, you want to get your start, we are looking for a volunteer to come and write for us about esports. So drop us a line. You can find us, of course, we are brokenjoysticks.net. You can find us on our website, brokenjoysticks.com or .net. You can, of course, find us on Twitter at Broken Joysticks. And you can find us on Facebook. You just search Broken Joysticks will be the only thing that comes up. Uh, you can reach out to me on Twitter. I'm sorry, actually at Just Fiona on Twitter. You can reach out to our Twitter, which is Twitter at Broken Joysticks, no underscore or anything in that and uh just one more time uh ggj this has been ggj with us and tell us how people if they wanted to join with fate and they wanted to get in in on your organization where should they go they should go to facebook.com forward slash fate media and of course fate media net at youtube all right thank you very much for listening and we hope you have a great wonderful day